I don't know about you, but I'd like to have barns filled to overflowing and vats brimming over with new wine. Anybody with me? So we're going to look at first fruits today. Last week I looked at, at just giving in general and I said, if money could talk, what would it say? The bottom line is, if you missed last week's message, if money could talk, it probably wouldn't be truthful because it has a hold on many people. You know, it's not about how much money you have, it's about how much your money has you because many people are controlled by money. So we, we learned last week that tithing is an Old Testament concept, but it, it breaks the power of the spirit behind money, which is called mammon. You need to realize it's not about the money. You know, Tom Cruise said, show me the money, but it's not about the money. It's about the spirit behind the money. And so many people don't have money. Money has them. And it's a spirit called mammon. It's an ancient Babylonian god that has his little fingers in you and he can, he can sort of make you be controlled by money. And don't think, you, don't think this is rich people we're talking about here because a lot of poor people are controlled by the love of money as well. They just haven't got it. You know? You don't have to have it to be controlled by it. And our whole world is built around controlling money. So last week we talked about breaking that power off our life. And today as we receive a first fruits offering, which I told you about last week, if you're not prepared, that's okay. Um, I'm going to ask you to seek the Lord. And I, I see, see, we don't need your money. God doesn't need your money. It's not about you doing something for God. God wants to do something in you. And if we break the power of money, our generous spirit, the Lord looks very favorably on, as that verse has talked about there. So today we're having our first fruits offering, and uh, it's biblical. And I believe it's also, um, it, it's also most important that we get this particular thing right and it's something God wants you to be involved with the question is what does God want why a first fruits offering we're doing a first fruits offering now because it's the start of the financial year okay so the last financial year ended on June 30 the new one has started and I think it's a time to give God the first fruits don't you it's a great time to do it so the concept of first fruits. let me give you a little bit of history of the concepts of first fruits because this is not something that is an isolated place or two in the Bible. This thread runs all the way through the Word of God. And I'm going to show you why as we go through this morning. The concept of first fruits offering, it's not just an Old Testament thing. It is a timeless principle that not only holds for us today, but will hold blessing and promise for us long into the 21st century. It's a promise from God. Think back to the very first showdown of offerings, Cain and Abel in Genesis chapter 4. So if you've got a Bible, flip over to Genesis chapter 4. If you've got a phone, click Genesis 4 and 4. Let me read, actually, from verse, verse 3 of Genesis chapter 4. Listen to this. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn, listen to that word, firstborn, of his flock and their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but not for Cain and his offering. For, for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. And of course, he murdered his brother. He was so, he was so jealous. Why was Cain's offering unacceptable and Abel's offering acceptable? And it has nothing to do with fruit or, or, anything, or veganism. Thank you, Janine. It has nothing to do with that, right? I'm not, there's no, none of those jokes today. I'm being very, very good. But it has nothing to do with that. What it has to do, there's actually two different Hebrew words used here. It says this, Cain brought an offering. In Hebrew, the word is minya. 
and it means a gift, a present, or a portion. And I think what was happening here was Cain was eating one day, maybe with his family, sitting around there eating lots of um, you know, fruits and berries and grains and stuff like that. And he says to himself, oh, this is pretty cool. Look at all this stuff we've got. I'm going to give a bit back to God. And he brings it as an offering to God. But how was Abel's different? He made a conscious decision to, to not just give, but to give a portion. In Hebrew, the word is bekorah, which means first fruits, a prime portion, chosen before anything else. So if I'm reading this right, what I suspect happens here is that Cain goes, oh, look at all this cool stuff. I think I'll give the Lord a bit. And Abel said, I am going to give the best of the best of the best to the Lord. It was the spirit behind the offering, not the offering. So that's, a, you know, we live in a world where millions of gods are vying for our attention. They're all asking us to worship them, whether it's money, fame, comfort, some social agenda these days, some fat Buddha sitting in the corner of a garden. Everyone wants you to worship them. Every God wants you to worship them. But God looks for the truly devoted. In 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9, he says this, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. So right now, in this auditorium now, the eyes of the Lord are ranging in and around people saying, Who's fully committed to me? That's how I read that verse. And it's so true. Because so many people are not committed to God today. They say, look, I, I'm a Christian. And that may be true. But you're not, live, you're not living a committed lifestyle. And so the Lord's looking around saying, who's truly committed? That's what this is about. He's not interested in the number that you offer. He's interested in the spirit behind your offering. Do you love God so much? Do you trust him so much that you will give him the first fruits, the very, very best that you have to offer. That's what he's saying. So let's look at the first fruits offering because it runs right throughout biblical history. Now, last week we saw that Abraham gave Melchizedek the first 10%, the first tithe in the Bible, if you will. It was the spoils of war. Do you remember the situation back there in Genesis? Abraham had, had, had chased the, this mob who'd raided him, took all this spoils, and what he did was he came back and he gave Melchizedek, who was a type of Christ, he was the king of Salem at the time, he gave him 10%. Now he, 10%, could have been 12, could have been, you know, it could have been 10% plus GST, it could have been the 11% superannuation, whatever, you know. The figure doesn't matter. What mattered was he looked at everything he had and said, I'm going to give the first 10% to this guy. We get hung up on the 10%, but what he gave was the first fruits of that. He didn't use that. He didn't go to Las Vegas and gamble it away and say, I've got a bit left, I'll chuck it to the Lord. He gave God the first bit. And that's what that's about. Now, later on, Israel instituted God's laws and sacrifices. And Moses, Moses commanded this in Exodus 23, verse 19. He said, Moses said, this, The best of the first fruits of your ground you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. The best of the first fruits. So first fruits was a concept that was familiar to the Jews. And it involved bringing the first of the fruit, the best of what we have been given, before we take anything for ourselves to rep and, and presenting that to the Lord. And right throughout history, you will see God and his kingdom people will be doing this. Deuteronomy 18.4, the first fruits of your grain, your wine and your oil, the first fleece of your sheep, you shall give him. Over in Nehemiah, remember Nehemiah came back, they built the wall. What does Nehemiah then say? Nehemiah 10 verse 35, we obligate ourselves to bring the first fruits 
of our ground and the first fruits of, of the fruit of all the trees year by year to the house of the Lord. Nehemiah was sending, he sent every year, guys, bring the first fruits in. Give God the best bits. Anything you plant, give him the best bits. Anything you grow, give him the best bits. Any, any animals that you have, give him the best bits. The concept of first fruits flows right through, through the Bible and into the New Testament. 1 Corinthians 15, Paul writes this. In fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who've fallen asleep. So it's got nothing to do with money. He's the first fruits. All those who have died and will one day be raised again, which is all of us who believe, who was the first fruits? Jesus. Right? He's the first. He was the best bit that God claimed for his own. So here's how all-pervasive this first fruits concept is in history. Now, who remembers the Passover? You heard of that? We had one this year, so you should remember it. We've got another one coming up next year. We love it. But at the Passover, the first, first sheaf of grain was waved before the Lord as a first fruits offering. This is what they used to do. So back when Jesus was crucified, he was crucified before this. But on the, the day he rose up was the same day that the priests grabbed the first sheaths of, of grain and waved them as an offering before the Lord. Then 50 days later, they would yield an abundant harvest. Well, Christ was the first fruits raised from the dead. Then 50 days after Christ was raised from the dead, what happened? The day of Pentecost. You see, this is actually a Jewish calendar that God kind of, you know, we adopt the day of Pentecost. Pentecostals didn't invent Pentecost. I know it's a shock. Baptists didn't invent baptism either, but that's another story. And the United Church so did not develop unity, right? But the Pentecost is a Jewish, right, feast, series of feasts. And so the, the waving went on, the first fruits went on, 50 days later, there was the harvest. And so when Christ was raised from the dead, 50 days later, the Spirit of the Lord was poured out on all flesh. You see how it fits in? First fruits are important to God. Leviticus 23, 12. And on the day when you shall wave the sheath, you shall offer a male lamb, a year old, without blemish, as a burnt offering to the Lord. So at Calvary, Christ was crucified. He rose from the dead. On the day, they waved the sheaths of first fruits in the temple. And Paul calls Christ the first fruits of all of us who will conquer death. Then 50 days later, Pentecost occurs, Holy Spirit poured out. First fruits are tied in with Christ's resurrection and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost and our eternal salvation. Do you think it's important to God? Absolutely it is. Jesus was the first fruits offering. The pouring out of the Spirit was the abundant blessing that follows obedience. Now you could argue that tithing was an Old Testament concept uh, and that, that if, you're, if you're just tithing, you're under law. I get that argument. But I'm telling you, first fruits runs right the way through the Word of God and it's grace. It's about grace. It's about abundant blessing. It really is goes way beyond anything tithing can even think about. So what do first fruits offerings say to God? The concept here, as I said, is not... The concept here is that we don't give the Lord the dregs or whatever is left over after we've had our fill. We give him the best. Do you remember back in the day? I remember as a kid, people... This, is, this shocks me now looking back, but people used to have... Um, they used to collect things for missionaries 
And do you remember they used to collect used tea bags? Who remembers that? What is that saying? That is saying you're not important to us. We can't even afford unused tea bags. Well, if you use your tea bags a couple of times, bring it in and give it to the missionaries. What a terrible concept, right? Because they deserve better than that, and God deserves better than our used tea bags. Whatever is left over after we've squeezed the life out of it. He wants the first and the best. It's a way of honoring God, showing him that we are putting him first. That's why Solomon said in the passage we read before, Solomon wrote this, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your vats will be filled to plenty. Uh, sorry, your barns will be filled to plenty and your vats will, bursti- will be bursting with wine. God actually says if we choose to honor him by giving to him first, before ourselves, before our needs, before our wants, before our desires, we're going to give him first, he will respond by prospering us. Is this the prosperity gospel? No, it's just the truth. I have never given to God and not have him return it in kind at some point. Never, because I trust him. Jesus put it this way in Matthew 6. Now in Matthew 6, Jesus is talking, you know, everybody's saying, yeah, but what are we going to wear? And what are we going to eat? And where are we going to stay? And all of the things that we worry about. And Jesus says this, Matthew 6, 31, listen to this. Jesus says, therefore do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles, the guys out there, the unsaved people, seek after these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Then Jesus says this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. So do you need to seek clothing? No. You need to seek him and his kingdom. Do you need to seek food? No, you need to seek him and his kingdom. Do you need to seek provision? No, you need to seek him and his kingdom. Because he says when you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, what happens? It's all given to you. If you are tight for money right now, I'm not trying to take your money and put it in the coffers at Ignite. I'm sharing a scriptural principle that I have proven time and again. And if I give my best and put his kingdom first, God just cares for all my needs, supernatural provision, and it just happens to happen my way. How many of you know that? It's so true. I shared last week the story uh, of my, my friend. I was... I was telling you what I was going to preach. We were away singing together. Pat Morgan, she's an international gospel singer, lovely lady. And she told me her story. I'm going to share it again because it really illustrates it. We need to stop telling God how he must answer our prayers. We need to ask him and let him sort it out. Because sometimes he comes right out of left field with something we'd never thought of. Listen to her story. I I shared it last week, but I want to share it again. She uh, moved to Townsville. And uh, she had some pressing needs as a, a single widowed pensioner. And she had no money at all. But there was a, an offering that was uh, um, done at the church up there. And she just felt to give really liberally till it hurt. And she gave very sacrificially into this offering. And she said, Lord, I'm going to trust you. That very week, her landlord came to her and said, I think I'm charging to you too much. I'm going to drop your rent $50 a week. It has been that way for seven years and counting so already god has returned to her over eighteen thousand dollars he didn't give it to her he just dropped a rent who would like a dropped rent who would like a drop repayment for their house right i'm not i'm not going to dictate to god how he does it i'm just going to trust him 
Give liberally and trust him. So let me tell you, God is serious about this. You might be thinking, well, what's the big deal about first fruits offering? Giving to the Lord from the first of the financial year's income, that's not that important. You say, God has plenty of money. Ignite has plenty of money. Look, we're not short for money. We're out there building toilets right now, which incidentally, which incidentally, on the 6th of August, we will not know what... Who's excited about getting more toilets? Raise your hand and cross your legs. Me too. And we're going to have a whole bunch of toilets out here on the 6th of August, I believe, by faith. I want to thank you all for coming when we've got one toilet because that is faith. But, but it's, not about, it's not about God having money, us having money. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Why is it such a big deal? Listen, if God thinks it's important, it's important. And this offering is not about God wanting something from you. It's about him wanting something for you. Last week I highlighted the only time I know in the Bible where God actually challenges us to test him. The Bible says, you shall not test the Lord your God except this one time in Malachi. And I'm going to get back to that because there's a couple of spots in Malachi that are going to really speak to us. It's the last book of the Old Testament. If you've got a a Bible, please open to Malachi chapter 3. If you have a phone, click on M-A-L three and then eight because we're going to start at verse eight god is the the people the people back in the day of malachi they're they're actually they they just got in the habit of not tithing many of you said this to me last week i'm really convinced because i just you know i don't not want to i'm just not in the habit of doing it and they sort of just it sort of just loped along and things were going going okay God says this in verse 8, Will a man rob God? That's a fairly strong statement. Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions, you are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Do you think God's serious about this? Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, says the Lord. And thereby put me to the test, says the Lord. Test me at this. And then he says this, And see if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down on you blessing until there is no more need. That, folks, is a promise. Right? And God is saying, you don't believe me? Test me. That's what he's saying. Failing to honor God with giving a tithe or offering or whatever is actually robbing God. He challenges us this morning to trust him and give him our best. But that's just the tithe bit. Let's flip back a couple of chapters in Malachi because God's not just targeting tithing. That's the bottom level. And they weren't even doing that. He wants to ad- he addresses the priest back in Malachi 1, verse 6 to 8. Listen to this. He says, priests, you say, how have we despised your name? And God says, by offering polluted food upon my altar. But you say, how have we polluted you? By saying the Lord's table may be despised. When, this is what God says. When you offer blind animals in sacrifice, is that not evil? When you offer those who are lame or sick, is that not evil? Then God says, present that to your governor. Will he accept you or show you favor? See, God is saying, what they were doing, they were saying, okay, I've got a nice herd here. I've got a lame one that's sick. It's not going to make it. I think I choose that one to offer to the Lord. And God say, uh, uh, uh. You try offering that to your governor. Now, can you imagine 
if our, our Premier or Prime Minister was here, we probably don't like them, but we would still treat them with respect because of their, their, their office, okay? But God's saying, would you treat your governors, the people over you, as second-rate citizens because that's what you were doing to me by offering me the junk instead of offering me the best. When we give God second best, we are saying to the Lord, we love you to a point, as long as that point doesn't cost us something substantial. And I think back to David, when, when he was offered the, the, what, what eventually became the Temple Mount, where the Temple was in Jerusalem, and, and, and the guy said, look, I'll just give it to you for free. And he said, I will not offer God that which costs me nothing. Because he knows it's not about the spot. It's not about the, the deed of land. It's not about the money. It's about the heart. And he would not give an offering to God that cost him nothing. Because he wanted to say, Lord, I love you so much, I'm going to give abundantly. Now, I'm not here to tell you how much you should give. But let me ask you, in your finances, are you giving God a pure offering? First up, not after you've had your way with it, right? Are you giving the best you have to Jesus? Paul addresses 1 Corinthians 16 verse 2. On the first day of the week, he said, um, each of you is to put aside, something aside and store it up that he, as he may prosper so that there will be no collecting when I come. Paul was writing to the Corinthians. He said, listen, the first day of the week, give something from the first, not the end of the week. He didn't say, well, when you've had your rent out and you've been to the movies a couple of times and been out to dinner, well, whatever's left, you can sort of throw God. No, give it on the first day of the week, give him the best. Because Paul didn't want to have to come and have an offering. He said, if you guys give the best every week, when I come, there'll be loads of money that can take and distribute among the churches who are suffering. So let me ask you, is this just about money? Is first fruits just about money? I can tell you confidently, it is not about money. It is about heart. And it applies to every area of our Christian life. Our time, our talents, our skills, our money, our family. The principle applies. The question is, do we give him the dregs? Or do we throw him a tip for being a good God? I've had a good week this week, and uh, here's, here's a bit of money, God. Well done. Do we tip him? Do we tithe? Because, oh, I've got to obey this law. Or do we trust him? Do we give so much that we're just trusting the Lord for everything? We should give not the dregs, but the best. He's, you know, I think that, think about it this way. If someone invites you to dinner, they say, hey, it's your birthday. I want to give you a special birthday dinner. Come to my house. Has that ever happened to you? It's nice, isn't it? Now imagine this. You, you rock up at their house for your special birthday dinner and they say this. We're so glad that you're here. Last night we had pizza and so tonight we're reheating the leftovers for your special birthday dinner. How would you feel? Because that's what we do to God when we don't give him our best. Here God, have a bit of warmed up, you know, vegetarian pizza. I didn't say that. Uh, Fiona and I are so compatible, we order a pizza. It's half vegetarian, half meat lovers, but that's another story. Um, but, but, you know, wouldn't you prefer it if you said it's your special birthday dinner and they said, hey, I went and bought this beautiful steak. I'm going to cook it up in this great big cake. I bought this especially for you because I love you and it's your birthday. Isn't that a better scenario? So we need to make sure that God feels appreciated because it says more than just what we're doing. 
we should be committed to bringing the first fruits of everything, the initial and the best of our money, times, talents and everything. Now, I have a couple of talents and skills. Music happens to be one of them. And I remember being young and uh, I thought I was going to play, um, you know, the entertainment centre next week in the Hollywood Bowl after that. You know, when you're young and you think you're really good and you're not. Um, but I, I thought I could sing and play a bit and I wanted to be a rock star. Um, why not? And then I, I kind of, I went to university. My, I was actually going to run away with a rock band and my mum found out and she moved me school so I didn't see those guys anymore. So that didn't work out. And, uh, and, and so, but I wanted, I always wanted to play music. And I, I wanted to, uh, anyway, I became a Christian and I thought I'm going to give my gift to the Lord. I, I don't care about being famous or anything anymore. I want to give it to the Lord. So I was out touring and I was singing uh, different churches around the place. Uh, my record was I traveled nine hours to and nine hours from a meeting with nine people in it. <laughs> it's a glamorous life on the road as a Christian muso, I can tell you. Uh, but then one day, uh, I happened to play for a guy called Bill Newman, who's a, a big evangelist, if you know him. And I made a conscious decision. I said, you know, I, I'm just going to do my best, and I'm going to serve him, and I'm going to serve you, Lord. And I let the rest go. And I gave Bill and the Lord my best, uh, my, my talent, talent first fruits, if you like. And I trusted God for increase. Now, for over 30 years, I've traveled with this man. I've stood on stage in front of tens of thousands of people, and I've, I've seen hundreds of thousands of people come to Christ. And that is reward enough. And, and he flies me all over the place. It's really wonderful. And the thing is, I gave my gift to the Lord the best that I had. And I let him sort it out. He didn't do it the way I would have planned, but he had a better way. Time is another consideration. How many of you, think about this, give your first fruits of time to the Lord? The prime bits. Well, this is my habit. I get up every morning. I have a shower because I am brain dead. Anybody with me? Morning, Darren. How'd you sleep? Right? So I have a shower. I wake up. I grab a cup of coffee. I sit in the same place and I give the first time, the first fruits of my day to the Lord. And I have a quiet time every day. And he honors me by raining blessings upon every part of my day. Listen, you give him the first fruits, the best, the choicest parts of your time, your talents, your, your money, everything else, and trust him. And in my experience, he will never let you down. The question here he is asking is about prioritizing. See, first fruits is not about money. Offer, this offering we're about to have is just a gauge. It's nothing, nothing more or less. It's an indicator of where your and my priorities are. It's about taking prior, what takes priority in your life whether it's money, time, talents, or Jesus. And I believe God deserves our very best. Not equal billing with my career, not a close second to my wife and my children and grandchildren. He deserves the best. That's what I believe. The discussion in Malachi where God accuses the people of robbing him is not about, it's not about uh, a sheep and stuff. It's not about the shekels. It's about God. What God is targeting, the same as what he's targeting today. I'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's not about music or money or anything. It's all about what? You. It's all about you. And so God is saying, bring your best, your first fruits, your tithe, whatever it is. But it's all about, you know, God is so committed to, the, to this concept, he attaches a blessing to it. Remember, I've read it from Malachi. Bring the full tithe in, test me, check me out. 
and see if I do not open the windows of heaven and pour out blessing until there is no more need. Right? I can state with confidence that if you take up that challenge, if you test God as he is challenging you to do, then he will come through for you. So if you are not giving, tithing, whatever, I don't know where you're at, but if you're not, just humor me. Try it for three months. Try it. If it doesn't work out, you can take your money and go home. Because it's not about money. You try God for three months and you see what he does. And I guarantee you, because he's never let me down, that he will prosper you in some way that will blow your socks off. He really will. Try it. He says, test me. It's not about the money. It's the heart, the spirit behind it. Tithing breaks the power of the demonic god mammon, but giving beyond tithing opens the floodgates of blessings. Uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Jesus says this, Give, and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So tithing opens the door of heaven and positions us right under the spout. But nothing's coming out yet. But when you give... God has a habit of just pouring stuff out. Does it, am I the only one? Do you agree? How many, raise your, how many of you have experienced this? You've given and seen God miraculously provide stuff, right? But giving the first and the best to the Lord actually sees the blessings flow. In my experience, if I tithe, I'm positioned. But I always want to give beyond that because I want to honor God before, over and above anything else in my life. And when I do, insane blessings just come flowing into my life. See, first fruits offering are giving God the best. Now, the Israelites, back in the law, back in, in uh, Leviticus and Deuteronomy and stuff like that, the Israelites were compelled by the law to offer the best, the finest to the Lord. But for us, it's not a legal obligation, a legalistic obligation. It's not a religious rule. It's an invitation to honor God and trust Him and believe God for everything for every provision in our life. I think this morning's an invitation. God's going to say, check it out. Try it. I don't reckon he'll let us down. It's the chance to position ourselves for abundant blessing. The first fruits offering is our chance to say, Lord, I am committed to giving to you the best of the best of my entire world. The first fruits, in this case of my financial year, and I prioritize you, Lord. I give you the best of my time, my talent, my money, my family, my business, my superannuation, my income, my heart. Are you with me? Deuteronomy 6 verse 10 says this, And when the Lord your God brings you into the land with great and good cities that you did not build and houses full of all good things that you did not fill and cisterns that you did not dig and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant, when you eat and are full... Take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You see, God can provide stuff that you don't provide because he can do it supernaturally. This is a church that honors God. We have set up Ignite. Our board is 100% honoring the Lord. We want to honor the Lord with every step of the way. If you give here, I can guarantee you it's not going to go on my next holiday. We are pouring into the things of God here to reach our community. But you know what God has done here in this complex where we sit right now? We have tenants who aren't Christians who are paying us 
our, our loan repayments because foreigners are tilling our fields. We're drinking wine from vineyards we didn't plant. We're, we're eating olives from olive trees we didn't plant. We can get tattoos we don't even want. <laughs> God is amazing. Right? So what I'm saying is if you honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, then stuff just gets provided for you. Isn't that incredible? Because as a church, we give the best that we have to the Lord. And we see people, the people of God seeing amazing miracles because we keep sowing into good soil. We prioritize giving the best to the Lord. We are a real community. Oh, sorry, we are a real people in a real community giving the best we have by faith to a real God and trusting Him. 12 or 13 years ago, I've mentioned this before, but Fiona and I lost everything in an investment collapse, including our family home. I'll never forget... I'll never forget the day I dialed into my bank account and my, my, uh, my house loan had gone from 120000 to 850000 in one day. And I went, ooh, that didn't feel good. Um, and we worked, we responded, we, we said, no, we're going we're gonna to work hard. We worked ourselves into the ground, nearly killed ourselves. Um, we, we did, didn't we? We worked ourselves into the ground. It was just, we were exhausted um, and uh, I was, was very worried about Fiona's health at the time. Such was the financial pressure. But through it all, we remained committed to giving to the Lord the first fruits of everything we earned. I never lost this concept, which at the time wasn't very much, I would have to say. But we still gave him the best, the first fruits of everything we had. I remember sitting down with our accountant. How many of you love accountants? Sometimes, yeah. I remember sitting down with my accountant and he said this. According to my figures, you guys can't even be alive right now. <laughs> True story. And he said, he said, look, I, he said, you employ me as an accountant to give you financial advice. My strong financial advice is this. Stop giving so much money away. Save, 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 and you've got a chance of making it. Well, we went away from that, talked together, prayed together, and we decided to ignore that. And so we kept giving and we decided instead of to save, 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 we would trust, trust, trust. Today, God is, is still restoring miraculously our finances. Are we rich? No. Are we blessed? Beyond measure. Beyond measure. This is the, 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 most, it's a, the most wonderful thing. Because listen, we've lived it. We've walked. You can't outgive God. We, we were giving to God when, when, when things were so dark. But we said we will not lose sight of this concept that we will continue to have a generous spirit. And we honoured the Lord with everything we had. Now last week when you came in, we gave you an envelope. If you haven't got one, we will get one to you now. But what I'm going to ask you to do is to pray about our first fruits offering. It's the first of the financial year. And I'm going to ask you to pray. And see, I don't want your money. I want you to honour God because I want God to honour you. I want God to bless your life. And I don't care if you're on a pension or if you have millions of dollars. I want God to bless your life. And I believe that giving, certainly in my life, has been a tool for that. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. If God is challenging you to, to write a certain figure down or maybe you put something down you weren't sure, cross it out, put down something else, don't care. But I'm going to ask you 
to pray. We only do this once a year. Okay, we don't do this. If you're new to our church, we don't do this every week. I don't preach on giving every week. First time, well, second time, including last week, that I've done it leading into this offering. Then we're going to leave it alone and talk about everything else because we, it's not about that we need your money because we don't. It's about you honoring God and I'm, I'm challenging. He's challenging you. Test me. Check it out. Have a go. See what will happen. So I'm going to ask you, if, you, if you're Nick, just raise your hands if you didn't get an envelope, please, because we'll, we'll get an envelope to you. Now, what, I'm not going to tell you how much Fiona and I are giving, but I'm going to tell you that it is, more, it is more than a week's income for us from every source that we have. And I believe God will pour out abundant blessings. That's just me. That's just what we're doing. I want you to know, I don't want you to know how much I'm giving. What I want you to know is that your pastor is going to give sacrificially into this. That's what I'm doing as your leader. You can decide what you want to do. But please don't miss the blessing. Because if you are strapped for cash and things are tight now, God's saying, trust me, trust me. And remember, with the measure you used, it will be measured for you. I mentioned this last week. You know, if you say, Lord, I love you, here's a teaspoon, I'm going to give you this. He's going to say, with the same measure, well, here's a bit of blessing back at you. Oh, okay, I'm going to give you a tablespoon. Well, here's back at you. Oh, no, I'm going to give you a cup. Look, a whole cup of blessing, Lord, it's yours. He's going to get the cup, throw it. There you go. I'm going to give you a bucket. There you go, Lord, here's a bucket. He'll throw it back to you. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. I want to back a dump truck up. Because I figure that's a promise. And I can trust him for the future. So we're, we're going to wrap the service up here. It's a little bit different because we're just this one weekend a month, a month, a year. <laughs> if, we, if it was a month, we'd be in trouble. Um, but one weekend a year that I'm going to ask you to pray. If you're a visitor here, there's no obligation, Okay. This is not about getting money into the coffers. This is about honouring God. But why don't you just take a few moments, bow your head, and I want you to ask God. Ask God what you should give to our first fruits offering. Just ask God. Just take a few moments and ask Him. Don't tip Him. Don't legalistically tithe to him. This is your opportunity to show God how serious you are about putting him first and foremost in your life. So step out, trust him, give him the best, the very best of the best of your time, of your talents, of your home, your family, your business, your super, whatever it is, whatever he's asking you to do, give the best of the best. Take a few moments, just, just ask him now. Lord, as we are bowed before you, we pray, Father, that you would lay on our hearts what we should give towards the ministry that is going on in and through Ignite Church. Lord, we know it's good soil. We know that what is given today will result in this auditorium being bigger. And will result in a coffee shop that will reach our community. Lord, we want to sow where the soil is good. But Father, lay on us, speak to us about how much we should give in the name of Jesus.